podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Oh, Jesus. I'm trying to do a podcast with you, Dave, and I've already had a to-do list sent to me from my wife. To-do, pay the electrician. Fucking hell. Yes, all right. What's the electrician been doing in the last couple of weeks? Oh, he, he, he sorted out some... Um, he sorted out the light bulbs in the kitchen or having problems with that. They were flickering. He came in and um, fixed them. What, during this, during lockdown? Just before lockdown, they were flickering. I think it was a sign. I think I think the ghosts in the house knew what was coming. It's an interesting um, topic, actually, and one I've had to sort of start adapting to. But how are you finding having to do things in your house? Yeah, it's really annoying. If you're talking about DI, why am I doing this? Then there's been a lot of that in my house. I had to fix a cupboard door. I'm not very handy, Tom. I'll give. I'll be honest. Oh, Dave, you're not. No, no. Yeah, I can imagine. But you've just got. You've just moved house. Surely everything in your house is pristine. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what I did yesterday. Actually, Tom. Uh, yesterday, Sunday afternoon, uh, I became a very much a man in his mid thirties, and I jet washed the patio. <laughs> it's a satisfying job, though, isn't it? Did you get rid of all the sort of the, um, the green umska? The green, yes. It's mm. what's what's going on there. Oh my! I days. don't I've never, know. The thing is, the thing is, and and, and this makes me sound like I'm, I'm uh, in another world and I've never done any DIY, which is true in a way. But the real issue here is that I've never really had a patio before, Tom. <laughs> this is my first outdoor space that I've had to think about doing something with in my life. Yeah. I would say that my advice as a as a patio veteran, as you know, someone who, I've had a patio for several seasons of of patio activity now, and the trick to a good patio is just to absolutely not be fucked to do anything with it. Sure, right. you'll go through a stage where it gets green and slimy, and the kids will fall over, and one of them will really crack their head quite badly on the floor. <laughs> but you know what? In the great scheme of things, the slime will go, it will dry, and when the green slime dries, it gives it a slightly sort of caked on, baked in um, antique. You know, like people would stain paper with tea to make it look antique and sort of authentic. Yes, 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 yes shabby you don't want it to be pristine dave no one wants a pristine uh, patio it's suspicious if i see a pristine patio i think well someone's just buried the body whereas if i see a filthy patio i know you know there's no dead bodies under it yes no that is a very good point and i'll take it's it on great board point. mainly because it means that i have points. to clean my patio as often yeah this is this is what i do my, most of my diy and home choring the biggest amount of effort i put in is working out my self-rationalization for not doing it so like a cupboard door broke and I genuinely thought, well, it's fine because the kids will now just, they can access that bit of the cupboard and I'll put in a load of stuff for them and there won't be the <laughs> slight worry that the cupboard door might close on their fingers, which has never been a worry for me before, but now no. it became a worry in order to justify not... A kid-friendly fixing. cupboard, done. A kid-friendly cupboard. Yeah. You know, I thought that's quite clever because then instead of being a cupboard, you know, have we, have we always wanted that to be a cupboard? No. Now it's a shelf. No, it's a hole. It's just a hole <laughs> in a the side. I'd love you to go on Dragon's Den and pitch the kid-friendly kitchen cupboard, which would involve you on Dragon's Den live in the pitch just ripping the door off a cupboard and going there you go dickheads <laughs> i think you could send apart from deborah meaden i met her and she was delightful um you, i think you could send me around the most rundown sort of desperate to be done up house you know like something that's not been touched since the 60s yeah and i will justify every single thing that's broken i will honestly i think of a justification for no it's fine that light switch doesn't work you wouldn't want it to be too light in here it's quite nice that it's dark Do you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I, a bit shadowy in that corner with the light you know all that exactly stuff, yeah. i'm an absolute god and making sure i don't ever have to do anything else um, so what have you done have you done other things apart from apart from doing the patio well let me tell you this is uh the patio was 
as well as being fairly useful for me, although I'm not sure how clean it is compared to how it was when I started, to be perfectly honest. It did provide uh, the people three balconies up with an hours of entertainment because they Good. started to play the four of them having a wine on the ba- on their balcony. Yeah. And I looked up halfway through and they were all leaning over and sort of pointing at my patio. And they were playing battleships on the patio with the squares, with the oh, flags, as to which one I would clean first. <laughs> so the four people up at the top, <laughs> one guy just started to show, leave A9 alone. I was like, I don't know which one A9 is. <laughs> That is the most inventive. You know, in Italy, they sing operas off balconies. Yeah. And we play battleships yeah. with slimy patios. Patio battleships. Battleships. Oh, I, could, I knew you were going to do that. I, as soon as you went patio battleships, like, here we fucking go. Patio battleships. Oh, but I was, yeah, so, but I was an unwilling poor. Not unwilling, actually. Just, un, I just, I didn't know. I didn't, I couldn't help them if I wanted to. They were all mm. shouting. I felt like a footballer that didn't know how to play football. Do you know what I mean? I was just sort of, yeah. this is, I'm really in the midst of quite an intense sport now well you know what you should do when this is all over get your friends to dress up as bishops and kings and and pawns dress up as pawn stars and then you could play patio chess and they could play live insta it I'd I'd watch that the general vibe actually and it was very nice because you know I don't know my neighbours because London I just felt like for the first time ever and I'd interacted with a neighbour I've only had him here three months to be fair but I'd interacted Mm. with a neighbour to a level where I'd love to invite them down for a drink yeah absolutely the worst time to do that you could I mean you could have had a drink with them by spraying them with some nice patio water (laughs) it's true though isn't it it's not you know it's a strange moment you know there's new flats that have opened just over the back from me and um there's people arriving walking up the stairs saying hi to us and we're all like hi sometime we should doesn't matter there's a a camaraderie which is sort of ill-fitting the moment of not being able to actually ever meet anyone I sat on the back balcony because yesterday um, was one of the first warm days and I've got, it's not really a balcony, I've got a sort of flat roof. You have to climb, you have to climb out of a window and it's, you know, it's the size of a small slab, right? Of concrete, right. this this back balcony thing. It's fiberglass, doesn't matter. You're climbing out of a window a la Friends, yeah? Climbing out of a window a la Friends, right, thank you. And uh, Friends, the, of course, sitcom. Uh, Dave, you should do a podcast about it. And <laughs> I, I sat, you know, I had one of the most blissful hours of my entire fucking life yesterday. The kids were downstairs watching Toy Story 4, which should be called Toy Story Forky, but that's another conversation. Oh, really? And yeah, really should. Really should. Um, Beth was downstairs uh, with the dog. She was writing a blog. She's writing a blog about TV stuff, whatever. Who cares? Not me. I <laughs> sat upstairs on this bit of fiberglass reading my Hilary Mantel, The Mirror and the Light, right? Which is, the, this book is about the same fucking size as a 19. 90s printer it's absolutely enormous and it's taken me all of uh, about a month to get halfway through anyway i sat there didn't read a word didn't read a word because i spent the whole time listening to all the conversations because everyone suddenly opened their windows right and everyone yeah everyone's fucking chatting away i can hear people talking you can hear into everyone's flats and it was it was just brilliant so i put my book down and i just know turns out turns out my neighbor who i've frequently waved at through the window spanish mate she's absolutely spanish that is yeah something you should know about your neighbor really i'd say i do know she's spanish (laughs) and um what else did i hear i heard a kid getting properly bollocked by his mother a couple of balconies away in the new flat, new build, like a proper little... What had he done? Proper roasting. Don't know, mate. He's only about three, though. He was getting properly told off. But I didn't feel that sorry for him because they've got a massive balcony. Their balcony is bigger than, bigger than my house, right? So this kid was running around. And then the couple just down for me were having a really posh conversation about banana bread. I, I shit you not a jot. Like, it was just sort of tuning into different lives. It was... Oh, Dave, it was wonderful. Yeah, no, that, is, that does sound absolutely great. Screw Mantel. Yeah! Forget you, Mantel. It's Booker winning this stuff. Um, Toy Story 4, please. Your reviews. 
of Toy Story Forky. The central character, apart from the ones we already know, is is a, a new thing called Forky, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's a plastic toy who wants to get in the bin. The trash, doesn't he? So he just runs around going, trash. You know? He's got this weird self-destruction thing. It's really odd. It's really very funny. Why did Toy Story 4 happen, please? I, I So basically, I watched Toy Story 4 on a plane in November. Okay. And I didn't know what it... I didn't... A, I wasn't well, really on. aware that it happened. Are you not a fan of Toy Story 4? Yeah, it was absolutely oh, right. grand. Um, it was great. But I don't understand. When was when was Toy Story three out? Two thousand and yeah. I mean, but what, I just thought, I thought I seem to remember basically watching Toy Story three and mm. thinking, what a lovely ending to that trilogy of stories. Like it yeah. seemed to all tie up nicely. Yeah, and it, like it seemed to be deliberately like we've done now. We've absolutely smashed this. Well done, everyone. I tell you what's interesting about this is that um, our producer Steve, who um, he keeps us up to date with what he thinks of the show so far on WhatsApp, doesn't he? While we're recording, right? Yeah. And he's never had an opinion on anything we've spoken about, and we've spoken about big topics. My WhatsApp is going off the charts now. It's suddenly turned into you know like the dot matrix on results at four pm on Grandstand. It's going absolutely <laughs> apoplectic. He's furious about Toy Story. Four. Absolutely furious. <laughs> yeah, and, but he's absolutely right. Toy Story more. Toy Story more. Bring on more Toy Story. I love it. He's written Toy Story 3 was a perfect ending, and I absolutely would agree. Like, and it, it just was an ending. It's like someone... Hang just, on, what happens at the end of Toy Story 3? I've forgotten. He moves out, doesn't he? And he, they hand over, he goes to college and all of that. Oh, yeah. <gasps> you know? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I see now why Steve's got so angry. Yeah. Mm, maybe. But then, having said that, there are so many lovely moments in Toy Story 4. And my, it, it's been, you know, for me, it's been the entry-level Toy Story for my kids. They've really enjoyed it. The other thing is, of uh, doing that thing of watching Toy Story 1 from 1995, I think it was. Yeah. And the animation, goodness me, the animation has come on so much that, mm. unfortunately, it's like when I used to, as a kid, my dad would try and make me watch black and white things. And I was like, why? It's black and white. I'm going to watch black and white. Right. Same with my kids if I'm trying to show them old animation, like old Fireman Sam when it was proper Play-Doh, you know, yes. jolt. They're not interested. And it's like, oh, guys, this is the best. This is the best. Tom, is what you're saying is that Toy Story 4 isn't really for me. They've not really made it for me, a 34-year-old man. Yeah, this is what I would say also to anyone who moans about Doctor Who, because there's a lot of Doctor Who nerds who go on about it not being good and it's a bit sort of childish. Yeah. Because it's for kids, guys. Kids show, isn't it, mate? It's a kids show. And my seven-year-old and my four-year-old absolutely love it. Like, it is great, and absolutely any anyone in the world should watch it. But always have at the back of your head, this is for kids. And yeah. it's brilliant. It's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I find it hard to get annoyed by Doctor Who. I can understand watching an episode of Doctor Who and going, no, nah, it wasn't like the best story they've ever done. But yeah. to be fundamentally annoyed at the way... Uh, but the fans, the Doctor the people in the Who universe who, you know, the, the convention attenders, as we shall call them. Mm. And you know I've had doings with this because obviously I was in Torchwood, the Doctor Who spin-off, and um, I didn't know that there was this huge army of fans. And they're brilliant. They're amazing. But they have a very locked-in approach and they believe that much like you've been doing with Toy Story, Dave, they you know they are it, their version of Doctor Who imprints on them, and then any changes are just unacceptable. I'm mm. not saying that you're as bad as that, Dave, but to give you an example of the Doctor Who fan, this is absolutely true. So Peter Davison, who of course was my Doctor Who, and therefore I would say is the best Doctor Who. Still, you would still, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Absolutely love him as Doctor Who. What wonderful actor. He was at a convention, and a fan started asking him a question. Right, saying when you were uh, when the, when the Doctor found himself on Gallifrey and the Daleks did this and this happened with the Cybermen, a huge involved question about a scenario that happened in an episode of Doctor Who. Peter Davison realised halfway through the question that it was a question referring to Tom Baker's Doctor Who, but the fan was of the opinion that Peter Davison was Doctor Who 
and therefore had just regenerated from Don Baker, so would still have a valid answer. Oh, I see. Like, couldn't disconnect the Peter Davison Doctor Who as a different human being. No, 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 no. Tom Baker and Peter Davison, not different people. The same person, the same DNA that's just been retwisted. That's how much they believe. And yeah, and it reminds me of uh, the bit in The Simpsons where I think it's Lucy Lawless that played uh, Xena Warrior Princess. Have you seen this one? Of course. One of the Treehouse of Horror ones and uh, I think it's the comic book guy or someone asks a very involved question about you know, yes. oh, in this episode, this happens, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then she basically goes, yeah, well, whenever anything like that happens, a wizard did it. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yep. Someone else tries to ask another question. He goes, wizard. And it's like, yep, that is, that is the only way, really, to deal with these questions. Yeah, that's who I always blame my farts on as well. <laughs> whenever I fart, a wizard yeah. did it. Yeah, that was a wizard. Sorry, everyone. All right, uh, it's time, uh, just as you get to the end of a very good meal in a lovely restaurant. Can we get the bill, please? Yes! Have you got a theme tune there, Tom? Oh, mate, I can't find it. Can't, come on, you can riff it, Dave. You're a musical genius. Come on, Dave, do it. Okay, hang on. It's the bill. <laughs> that was really enjoyable. Hi, Cornelius. Welcome back. Hi, Tom. How Hi, are Dave. you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. All right. Great, great. Um, yeah, I like the way that Cornelius said hi, Tom, and then sort of had, had, had a hi, Dave. Cause we didn't need to say hi to you. No, no, no. no you live together. sat next to each other. Yeah. It is, though, 11.52 in the morning, um, which always really reminds me of Piccadilly Radio Manchester, which was 11.52 a.m., but that's a, an aside. Um, <laughs> it was only on air for one minute a day. <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, Your brain just... is literally falling apart, and that makes me so happy. Keep going. Yeah, it's no, but do you not have those things, those like numbers or words, that every time you see them or hear them, that's the thing you think of. So every time it's 11.52... I just remember the old Piccadilly Radio Manchester jingles, 11.52am. Can you play one of the jingles on your keyboard? I've never played the Bill theme tune on the piano, and I'm certainly not going to remember what the Piccadilly Radio jingles sound like. I get easily triggered by sounds. So there's a gate at my my kid's school that's got, it's rusty and needs oiling. And as it closes, it goes, and it sounds just like the beginning, just like the beginning sound of, I did my best to notice as the car came down the line. So I always drop my kids off singing, are we human or are we dancer? Weird how, weird how these things happen. And, and not mad at all anyway my point was it's 11.52 uh, and this is the first time Cornelius and I have seen each other as is the way of quarantine life both still mm. in our pyjamas oh lovely uh, Cornelius is sporting a Flight of the Concords t-shirt uh, up top and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, pyjama bottoms great so up top you are an undergraduate and your bottoms you are still at primary school <laughs> big time <laughs> biggest timers <laughs> Um, so Cornelius, I mean, let's get down to business straight off the bat. Take us, uh, take us through what your how your bill week has been. What have you been watching? What experiences have you had? Series nineteen, episode six: a controversial approach. There's been a stabbing. The next morning, the press are gathered at Sunhill Station after a press leak on another on none other than by election day. <laughs> not, not election day, by, by election, election day. day. Let's not overstretch the story, guys. Yeah, huge, but not national. Good. 
The borough commander turns up and scolds Superintendent Akaro. She's fuming. Tim Beaumont, the next likely MP for the Sunhill constituency, is very anti-drugs, and she wants to know why there's been an instruction to let drug addicts go unarrested, which we'll remember from last week. And oh, there yeah. was a copper who grasped oh. Akaro up. Yeah. Uh, there's also been a stabbing. Yeah, the stabbing, I've already mentioned, I think. So it's suspected yeah. of being a racial attack oh, uh, by uh, none other than Ian Johnston, which is not a very creative racist name, in my opinion. <laughs> uh that, anyway, that's what the mum of the victim, Ray, believes. The school has done nothing until recently, and she believes that uh, that's what's provoked the attack. Uh, Ray, the stab victim's mum, uh, is a teacher too. Uh, and <laughs> for some reason, they ask, what of? And she replies, P-S-H-E. What's that? It stands for, like, psych... It's not a real subject. It's like... Uh, oh, personal safety and home economics or something. Yeah. Personal social health and economic education. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, it's strange that you would be a teacher of just that, isn't it? Yeah, our form tutor used to just do it <laughs> just after the register once a week on Thursdays. To be fair, though, PE teachers must be thrilled by this because they finally found someone lower down the ladder than them. Anyway, uh, so it turns out I was too busy taking notes and it wasn't a stabbing. The guy just got a good kicking. Uh, DCI's Meadows' <laughs> wife turns up and asks for a word. Uh, with DCI Meadows three shows ago by the way at Sunhill uh, she turned up but didn't ask for DCI Meadows she asked for Debbie McAllister uh, what? what? oh you will find out now okay. she's back accusing Can DCI I Meadows what, what I just hoped had happened was that Debbie McAllister was the name of the actor that plays DCI Meadows <laughs> and they got it so wrong <laughs> like just... on that live EastEnders episode <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh my god that was so bad what was he saying have you seen Adam was that, that yeah was, it? how is Adam doing how's Adam doing that's Joe Joyner who did yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> And it was it was so bad because it was a it was quite a tight shot. It's quite a good close up of her face, and poor Joe Joyner, you could see her face just you, the tiniest little twitch on her eyebrow that just went, fuck, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> How is Adam? Oh, that was so bad. Oh, good. Sorry, carry on, continue. So Mrs. Meadows says to DCI Meadows, "You're having an affair. What's all this money that's left the account to Debbie McAllister, who I found out works here." Um, he shouts at her, says he's busy, he's got a meeting with the CPS, which is not the way I would have handled that. Uh, who is the press leak to the press? Is hot talk around the station. Uh, the grass inspector from the end of uh, last episode goes to Ian Johnston's house. He's not there. They check in his room. There's a St. George's flag on the wall. Oh, racist. Racist alarm bells are absolutely going off here. He turns up, they chase him. He picks up a bar to confront the grass inspector when he gets down to a dead end, but she threatens to put him in a bed next to Ray in hospital, which would have been a terrible idea, really. <laughs> now, this is the most insane part of the episode. <laughs> in the interview, Ian, the racist, alleges that Ray spread rumours about him and two girls, and that's why he was angry at him. Like, oh, oh, have you heard about Ian? Oh, what, that he's a racist? No, that he's a player legend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, turns out Ian has an alibi, and this gets even weirder. Ian Johnston's got an alibi. He's got an alibi that she didn't give to the police straight away because he was at Paula's. Why did he keep the information back? Because Paula is only 14 and his dad would kill... Her dad would kill him if he found out. Oof. But also, he just admits that to the police and they go, oh, well, you've got a solid alibi then. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh, my God! 
<laughs> oh my god, that's so bad. Don't worry, we won't ask the dad. <laughs> It was a different time. It was a different and much worse time. CCTV suggests that Max, now Max is the man who found Ray uh, and took a hit in the process, has been lying. It's not Ian Johnston. And then meanwhile, Debbie McAllister meets with uh, Mrs. Meadows to tell her that they've not been having an affair. He just loaned her some money. Max, the witness, basically admits beating up Ray. He did it. He was the one. Akaro has a go at the grass uh, because it turns out She's the press leak. Okay. Oh, it's uh, right. Okay. And then, a, uh, what did I call press conference is uh, organised by the borough commander that Okaro is going to talk at later. That will be at the community centre and will be about the hard line against drugs. That's the same community centre last week that had a needle itch. Yes, sure. There's a lot uh, going on there, isn't there? Yes. Uh, yeah. Which they've they don't got, mention They've, they've obviously all. got the set for a quarter of the year, so they need to use it for as many <laughs> it must plots be as that. possible. Yeah. <laughs> We found out why Max beat up Ray. It was oh, yeah. about Anna. Okay. Basically. Who's Anna? Who's Max? Uh, he was trying to... Who's Anna Ray? is Ray's girlfriend. What's the bill? He was <laughs> he was trying to get Ray to level to Anna that the fact that he's betrayed her. Both Max and Ray went on holiday earlier in the year and shagged prostitutes. Max got nervous and got a HIV test and told Ray to get one as well. Max was clean, but Ray's got HIV and now Anna is pregnant. So that means Max knows that he's been having unprotected sex with Anna. And once again, once again, worth reiterating, all before 9pm. June Ackland here. Someone yes! June, June Ackland. Oh, it's, it's what's her name's mum? LaRue's mum. LaRue's mum is on hand. Can you call her Mama LaRue? Sorry, go back, Cornelius. Call her Mama LaRue from now on. Thank you. Mama LaRue has a go at the grass in, uh, the grass detective um, for being a press leak. That's boring. Uh, <laughs> DCI Meadows finally put some time aside to talk to his wife. He asked, why can't I send a large sum of money to a young girl in secret without suspicion? <laughs> <laughs> what a great dialogue line. But the wife's forgiving him. But shock horror, he goes, actually, I do quite fancy her. We're through. Oh. Yeah, so that's that. There's a lot going on in so this world. Oh, there's HIV, there's underage sex, there's grasses, there's snitches, there's iron bars. This is racism. Divorce. So divorce. Much. Yeah, as well. Whole divorce. Whole divorce. So the grass copper and her partner, I just call her a mate because I didn't pick up his name, uh, go to Anna's house. Anna, the pregnant yep. HIV boyfriend person. Yes, yep. we know who Anna is. Come on, don't patronise us, Cornelius. the bill, And the grass copper just reveals about the whole HIV thing to her. And this pregnant lady goes, I don't think this is how I should find out about this or you're the person to be delivering this news and she is completely right yeah. because the inspector also doesn't know if it's true she's heard one account and gone well i'm telling the pregnant lady she's got <laughs> hiv so wow. and then did i mention last week that this grass copper in the past got stabbed by a dirty needle yes so she has an appointment in the afternoon uh, to go and find out if she has hiv in oh the proper God. setting of a medical center appointment <laughs> not just having two coast guards pop by and have a guess <laughs> can i just check something did she get a tetanus checkup as well because if she's had a dirty needle that's um something to think about. i'm guessing so i don't know they, they, this is uh their focus on hiv and aids anyway gunshots Possible drive-by. <laughs> what? what? Gunshots. Possible drive-by. Inspector Gold and Superintendent Akaro were on their way to the press conference, but instead 
go to this call instead. Turns out a young seven-year-old lad has been shot by drug dealers. Okaro then heads to the conference. And he to do that, he walks through a very dodgy estate to the community center. And just lots of people are staring at him. And he's thinking right. intensely. Meanwhile, the HIV grass-lying copper <laughs> goes for a drink with her partner. Her partner insists that they just... Uh, forget about the rest of the shift that they are on, by the way. Sure. And just go and get drunk. Uh, they end up kissing and he confirms that he will sleep with her because otherwise he would have to go back on what he said about sleeping with HIV positive people. Right. So he talked himself into a corner there, hasn't he? Mm. So Akaro is here at the community centre to talk to the press. He's been given a speech that he doesn't want to read out by the borough commander talking about the hard line on drug users. Oh, yeah. Instead, he apologises to the press. Oh, the press are really good actors, by the way. They're proper hacks. Like, where you been? Like that. (laughs) It's really good. And you're like, oh, we know what paper you're from. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So the Akaro folds up the speech moves the microphone aside, addresses the crowd and calls for the decriminalization of class A drugs. End of episode. That was the bill. Good one this week, you know, that's a good one. I absolutely wasn't listening. I was trying to book Rob Beckett. (laughs) Is Rob Beckett coming on? Yeah. Need to do a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's the idea, but yeah, no, he's he's not replying to my messages now. He, he's, see, he's seen the message on Instagram, but he hasn't replied yet. So. He's going to become that uh, that guest that we just can, like. He's just going to like Roger running. Moore on Alan Partridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. So um, yeah, so. I have a Rob Beckett anecdote. Is that I had yeah, a very short relationship with someone whose parents live opposite him. What opposite him? Opposite him. Okay. So he lives near Bromley. Yeah. I met a girl on a night out and she told me, oh, my parents live opposite Rob Beckett. Is that like the end one of, of her anecdote. opening lines? Is that her chat up line? You know, yeah. You, so in the bill, you've got someone saying, I know you've got HIV, but I'd still have a go on you. And now you've got in real life chat up line, do you want to come back to my place? I live near Rob Beckett. Um, wow. Well, there you go. So maybe we'll oh. ask Rob Beckett when he's on. Cornelius, can I just say, I know it's a lot of effort and it's a long journey for you to get there to Dave's house to record this, so I really appreciate you doing this. And oh, thank you yeah, for giving the us... tube is so busy as well. Yeah, no, it's really good of you. It, you do count as a key worker. On Thursday night, you're one of the ones I'm going to be clapping for when I'm out there at 8pm. Oh, so. I think I, you technically are a key worker, aren't you? Yeah, um, because I'm a radio producer working on a news show. Yeah, exactly. I'll be clapping him on Thursday night. Cornelius wants to up the stakes on the clap on Thursday night, Tom. Oh, yeah, go on, naked. Can do it naked. Well, Dave has a speaker that can go really quite loud, and we thought whilst playing it, we'd play Thank You by Dido. Oh my god, we should make we should see if we can make Dido hit the number one spot. Make Dido the new Vera Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, so I was thinking about this and, and I I do approve it, but have you actually looked up the lyrics to Thank You by Dido? It's only really that one line applies, because yeah. even after I wanna thank you, it's for giving me the best day of my life. Mm. Which isn't quite applicable, is it? It's a banger though. 
But there are sort of uh, push the door. I'm home at last. I'm soaking through and through. You hand me a towel. It's, it could all be about key workers getting home after a long mm. day at work. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a it's a song about a wet key worker. So <laughs> I think you should totally do that. It's really funny. We, should we live in um, we live in like a, a, little, a little garden square thing as well. So it would really reverberate around oh. the hundreds and hundreds of balconies. <laughs> Because no one could possibly complain about it. Do you know what I mean? No one could be like, uh, could, do you mind? Like, it's not disrespectful. That is a genuine, yeah. it could come across as a really genuine thing to do. Oh my God. It, that could be like, um, what's the Matt Lucas's thing? Mr. Potato. Oh, thank you, Baked Potato. <laughs> thank you, Baked Potato. Singing that all week. Absolutely. I mean, that is a, that's a legitimate number one right there. But then let's make it that moving, moving. Thank you, Mr. Potato. Thank you, Baked Potato. <laughs> Off the top spot, it's Dido. Well, thank you. All right, uh, that's Cabin Fever. That's episode 12, Dave. Can you believe it? D-O-N-E. Done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, oh, he's about finished. Um, yeah, it's been fun. So uh, thanks very much. Thank you for all your tweets and everything. We've been getting some nice tweets. We haven't actually read out the um, the Twitter uh, phone number. Shall I, shall I, shall I bang it out, <laughs> the Dave? Twitter phone number. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, wrong button. <laughs> it's all staying in. You don't even have the excuse that this is like the first time you've been pressing the buttons and playing the wrong thing. You, you, a literal radio presenter that does this every week. Hello to Shelley, uh, who says uh, she's excited because she got a mention on the latest uh, podcast yesterday. Well, you're getting another one. Two days on the bounce, Shelley. Again, if you do want to give us uh, give us a follow, then all you got to do is tweet us now at this. Oh, sorry, hang on. Cabin F E A three seven oh nine oh oh that's our Twitter name. See you tomorrow. Bye now. Cabin F E A three seven. Everybody. Give us a tweet. We have no content. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Great big owl.